Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Verses 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. And then looking in the Old Testament, in the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 16. Again, 1 Kings chapter 18, starting at verse 16. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves, and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning and morning till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, 
cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, and as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord is God. The Lord, He is God. Verses 17 to 39, 1 Kings chapter 18. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which counsels us, guides us, helps us understand, helps us see correctly, helps us think and believe and understand correctly. Thank you for your word, which is an accurate guide all the time. Thank you for your word, which teaches us about revival and renewal in our lives. Lord, pour out in much greater measure your spirit of revival and renewal upon your church. Stir us to be the church on fire that you would have us to be. And help us recognize, Lord, that the work before us is great, but you, our Heavenly Father, are greater than all the challenges we face today. Help us to be the full church, bold church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we come to you today with grateful hearts that we can approach your throne today, that we are welcomed to your throne. Sinners like us, Father, welcome there. We thank you for uh, the wonderful privilege of being your children. And God, we thank you for your precious son, Jesus. We come clothed in his righteousness. Jesus Christ, your, uh, your son, your sinless son, coming to this earth to die a terrible death on the cross for us. We thank you for loving us that way, for stooping down to care for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. Thank you for being a part of our listening family. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. I want to remind you that we're just a little over four weeks out before the deadline on our Ten Commandments speech project 
uh, the contest. Again, just to remind you once again, we're inviting young people from ages 6 to 18 to write a short speech uh, on the top of the specific commandment, honor your father and your mother. That's the uh, commandment for this year, this year's speech. And again, it can range. We're not putting a time limit on it, but we're inviting your, your youth, your son or daughter to be a part of it. Keep in mind, this is a speech contest, but remember more than that, it's a discipleship project. And I want to remind you, parents, again, one of the most critical goals for us as parents is to plant the powerful Word of God in the minds and the hearts of our children. Remember, we live in a world that's trying to swallow our children alive. And the fact is the most powerful weapon in the universe is the Word of God. And this is a a discipleship project that will help us to plant God's Word in our children's hearts and lives. So if you need more information about the project, simply email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We're glad to give you the information you need. And remember, the other parts of the project are if your child simply memorizes the Ten Commandments and they recite them to you, dad or mom, just call us here at American Family Radio, 662-844-5036, extension 381. Let us know they've recited them, and we'll mail you a Ten Commandments T-shirt with the Ten Commandments on the back uh, for well, for your son or daughter's size, whatever that might be. But we, again, we're encouraging you to get involved with that part. And the final part, of course, is we're encouraging you, your church or your ministry, to start a, a six-week teaching program where you take the time to, over four- to six-week period, teach them the meaning of the Ten Commandments. And if you need more information about how that's done, we're glad to share that. But remember this, it's critical that we take discipling our children seriously. And the reality is in the body of Christ, often parents in their minds, they're serious, but in their actions, they're not. Remember, putting the Word of God consistently in our children is the way to equip them with the most powerful weapon in the world. And that's a critical part of it. So parents, if you don't already have the habit of having each of your children to read three chapters, out loud to you every day. Today is a good day to start that habit because it's one of the great ways to plant God's powerful word in your children's lives. So keep in mind again, if you're wanting more information about the Ten Commandments Project, speech project, or the project as a whole, again, my email, joseph at afr.net. We're glad to give you that information. We're very grateful and blessed to have with us once again Pastor David Ball, the pastor of Anchor Church in Verona, Mississippi, with us today. Uh, pastor Ball's been with us before, but it's been a little while. Good to have you with us, Pastor Ball. Oh, it's great to be here, always. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking time to come. And I'm going to ask you if you'll take a moment to uh, reintroduce yourself. Some people may remember some of the broadcasts in the past, and some may not. But reintroduce yourself and tell us about Anchor Church and the ministries and mission of Anchor Church as well. Well, um, spent 20 years, it'll back up a little further than that. Um, my childhood was in my father's house, so to speak, which is um, in church. And then uh, my dad was a pastor, Southern Baptist pastor for years, over 50 years in ministry. So I grew up in church. I grew up around church, um, and I was always a fan of God. Uh, but I did not become a follower of Jesus Christ. I was what you would call a, a prodigal, which uh, led to... Pray Mama Pray, which is the the story, my book, which is a story of my testimony, uh, my life as a prodigal and how God prayed me, uh, my mom prayed me through uh, those years. At uh, what age did you receive Christ? Uh, 25. 25. Uh, and uh, 
turning 25, 24, but I was turning 25 that year. And in that time, I was still, you know, uh, drifting away from God. And I was never, I was always a fan of God, always a fan of God. But I'm, I was not a fan of the church, and I really grew bitter at the church because I saw the church and the treatment of my father in ministry. And so that, that kind of steered me away from the church, so to speak. But I went into coaching. I went in that, I was always in athletics and stuff. And so I went into coaching for a 20-year career. But during that time, God really was stirring in my heart, and I began to do a lot of youth revivals and youth camps and speaking engagements as an athlete. Uh, that come out of the prodigal years and sharing my testimony and sharing the story. And then it wasn't until I was 40 that I surrendered completely and totally uh, to God's will for me going into full-time ministry. Um, but in my prayer, I pray, God, I don't want to babysit a congregation. Uh, if 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 you are, want me just to you know, do church as usual, um, then God, just leave me in coaching because I'm impacting these young people's lives. Um, but God said, I've, I've got a call. Um, and the call of God was to provide help, hope, and healing to hurting. God wanted to minister to those that are broken, uh, those that are wounded, those that are uh, on the streets, and so to speak, and, and, and literally, figuratively and literally. And so God called us to that ministry. It was a growth process of figuring out exactly what that ministry looks like. What does it means to mean to be the hands and feet of Jesus? It's a cliché. But what does that really, really mean to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to minister help, hope, and healing to the hurting? Mm-hmm. And that's where God really began to move in my life. He really began to to bring back a lot of the things as a basketball coach where I was, uh, you know, not just a coach but a father, a disciplinarian, you know, uh, for a lot of kids that didn't have a father, didn't have anything. Okay. Well, we're coming up on a break, and we're going to pick up right there on the other side. Our in-studio guest today is Pastor David Ball. He's the pastor of Anchor Church here in Verona, Mississippi, and a church with a number of thriving and powerful ministries that are affecting the community in some wonderful ways, and he'll be touching on that uh, in the next segment. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back.
Music from Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation and eternal life. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. I want to remind you once again, we're still in the midst of, well, we're just a few weeks out from our spring share and we're still gathering stories and testimonies of, of how the Lord has touched your life and how he's reached through American Family Radio to minister to you, to encourage you as a disciple and follower of Christ, to help disciple you as well. If you have a testimony, we'd like to hear from you and we want to hear your AFR story. That testimony can be a blessing and of encouragement to others. Simply call us at this number to call and share uh, so we can record that testimony, the number 877-876-8893. Again, that's 877-876-8893. 877-876-8893. Our share is April 11th through the 13th. Hope that you will call in and share a testimony. You just might hear your testimony before, uh, during, that is, during our fall, our spring share Again, the number 1-877-876-8893. Again, we're grateful to have in studio today Pastor David Ball, the pastor of Anchor Church of Verona, Mississippi. Pastor Ball, if you'll pick up where you left off. Well, yeah, when when God really called me into ministry, and I laid out before Him, and and I said, God, I want to uh, I want to do what You want me to do. I want to be in the center of Your will. Uh, God began to show me and demonstrate what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus and minister to those that you know are are are, are the ones that are left out uh, a lot of times, the incorrigibles, the ones that we think we're too far gone. And so God began to lead us into ministry. And at the at the time, being involved in a, in a traditional church, when you bring people off the streets, it disrupts the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when you when you bring people with criminal records, I say this every Sunday. I said I've got more people in my congregation, uh, congregation of anywhere from three hundred to five hundred, but we got more people in our congregation that have a criminal record than don't have a criminal record, and that's the work of God. That's mm-hmm. the work of God. But when you're when you're ministering to these individuals and they don't speak Christianese, they don't, you know, they don't look the part, and they come into the, a traditional church, it disrupts things. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes God wants a disruption to interrupt our status quo, so that we might become what He desires and what He wants. Right. You know, it's not about programs, but yet we keep doing the programs. You know. You know Pastor David, I want to ask if you'll take a moment specifically to pray for believers to to really listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to them in it. Because, you know, one of the issues is I remember years ago I heard a message, which the message could have been entitled, You Might Be a Pharisee If. (laughs) And what at a certain point in time in the message says, now, how many of you all think you have some Pharisee in you? And, you know, so a few people raise their hand and they say, let me keep preaching until I get the rest of you. <laughs> and his point was, that's, that's everybody has some Phariseeism in us, but it needs to be pulled out. Right. Because that keeps can keep us from what the Word of God and the Spirit of God is calling us to do. And it can be traditionalism and other things too. And many times the reality is we tend to think, well, I don't have that. Yeah. All of us battle that. So would you pray for the Lord to help us to really hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as you share about this? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now asking you to open the heart, open our ears, open our mind, open our understanding to what you're saying to us. This is not the voice of man, God. This is your voice that's trying to speak to a church right now that is desperately needing to hear your voice and obey you. We have ears and we do not hear. We have eyes and we do not see. 
God, if we were who you called us to be, our world would not be in the shape that it's in. So, God, it rests solely on us, us, the church. And God, it's not my neighbor. It's me and the need of prayer. So, God, I pray we'll draw a circle around ourselves and we'll ask for revival to break out inside that circle. Yes, Lord. And then Jesus. spread to the world around us. But, God, will you begin in me and with a heart of humility and brokenness Jesus name. in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, if you just continue where, where I interrupt you at. Well, absolutely. <laughs> to, to, for me, at this point, um, uh, you know, the only way I can really say it, when you when you step out to do the will of God and heaven opens its gates to blast, hell opens its gates to blast. And so I went through some of the toughest times when we literally started trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It became the most difficult thing. The traditional church rejected us. I mean, it right. was it, it was challenging to the core. Um, people would come in to my office and they'd say, David, I, I'm just not comfortable being in a church full of a bunch of convicts. I can't let my kids go to the bathroom out of fear. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things that were going on in the church, and, and, and I would say the majority of the church left, mm. but we never lost numbers. The church grew. The whole time that we were, there was a mass exodus of people that were like, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But then when your hands get dirty, your feet get dirty, you're standing knee deep of mud with, with mud all over your hands all the way up to the elbow. They're like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people start bailing. It's a cliche we use, mm-hmm. but it's not a life we live. It's similar to, uh, for people that have seen Jesus' revolution, similar to something that took place in that movie. It, it was exactly like that. I mean, it was like, you know, my wife and I was elbowing me, you know, she the whole time because she remembers <laughs> the tears. She remembers, okay, D- David, what are you going to do? You know, David, the, our, our friends are leaving, mm-hmm. not just church members, friends that we'd had for a while are mm-hmm. leaving. What are you going to do? And and I remember through tears saying, baby, I got to listen to God. We got to hold hands with Jesus. That's right. That's a fear of man. If we change now and we stop doing what we know that we know that we know God's called us to do. And since that time over, let me just fast forward since that time, it's 12 years ago, but since that time, our anchor church has seen over a thousand baptisms. And and Praise since God. we've been on this campus that we're on right now, we've averaged a hundred baptisms a year. We're over four hundred now, mm-hmm. and and because of this, it's because we're intentional in ministering help, hope, and healing to the hurting people. We give truth. We're not we're not a slushy. I mean, we're 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 the word of God, mm-hmm. and thus saith the Lord. And and that brings about just a heartfelt change in people's lives. And the Transformation Ranch was born for men that are fighting addiction. Mm-hmm. The Transformation Home was born for girls that are fighting addiction. Would you take a moment to just help our listeners understand what is the Transformation Ranch? Well, it's a what I call a nine-month, long-term, faith-based discipleship program for those that are struggling in addiction. One of the outreaches of Anchor Church. One of the outreaches. We call them Grace and Mercy Ministries, which is our outreach ministries. Um, and it's one of them, and and the ranch is for those that are fighting addiction, you know. And it's a long term faith based. We teach them Jesus. All we got to offer is Jesus. So we sit them at the feet of Jesus, and teach them His ways, and that's the transformation ranch. The transformation home soon followed, which is for women. 
And as we started ministering to these ladies, we found that there was a, you know, a lot of people use drugs for three basic reasons. One, we use drugs because uh, we were injured and wounded and somehow and we took pain pills and that became narcotics. It, you know, over a period of time, we, we started looking for something that would numb our pain. And so that's one reason why people end up in addiction. They just keep looking for a stronger drug. And then uh, the second reason for people is the party scene. That's the frat boys and the sororities. You drink and you, you smoke and you do the things that lead you to get high and you learn how that getting high feels and then you end up trading that drug for a stronger drug. And so those are the two that we most commonly uh, attest to in, in addiction, but the most really, the one that is probably about 85, 90% is a numbing. It's just a numbing. Life gets really hard, gets difficult. Something bad happens and you don't learn the coping skills to deal with it. And then you just want to numb the pain so you get high. Whatever high you can, you get high so you numb the pain. Well, we got to help people deal with that pain and teach them the coping skills that we have in Jesus Christ so that we can handle a lot of the pain and suffering that you go through. And what we found, the number one pain is sex trauma. And that being some of the girls through, um, it might be um, molestation, as a child, it, it might be rape. It might be a lot of different things that occurs in these children's lives, and they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to cope with it, and there's no help for them, and a lot of it ends up in sex trafficking. And so we came across this in our ministry at the Transformation Home, and we realized we've got to do something. So we coupled with Eight Days of Hope, and uh, we ended up building what's called the Transformation Garden which is for girls that have been sex trafficked. And it is a beautiful ministry that's taken place. And So, so, that, so that's a third outreach yes. of house, basically, right, that you right. developed it. Right. And, and from there, feeding, we just, through COVID, a lot of people financially were not able to feed themselves. And so we started Servant's Heart Feeding Program, and that's once a month. We give around uh, 50 pounds of groceries to uh needy families in our, our community in Verona, the surrounding areas. We average around 300, 350 families um, that we feed um, on a monthly basis, uh, around 50 pounds of groceries. So it's, it's a, it's a, these ministries were birthed as we looked how to provide help, hope, and healing to hurting. So we identified a specific hurting group, mm-hmm. and then we began to do whatever God asked us to do to minister to them. Developed a need, developed the ministry around a need. Around the need. And, and, and that's the key. Every community is different. And some communities are feeding hungry people well. Some communities are loving on those that are in addiction. There was not one faith-based in North Mississippi. There was not one faith-based uh, treatment center in North Mississippi when we started 12 years ago. And now, last count, it's around eight or nine mm. um, residential facilities in North Mississippi that are faith-based that are faith-based and it's a beautiful thing because I promise you there's no shortage of clients and that's the sad testimony of our culture and our society that we live in today and that's a result of the church not being the church I mean you know that's that's the key um, is is that if the church was being who the church God has called the church to be second Chronicles 714 tells us that he would heal the land. And so the fact that our land is not being healed, the church is falling well short. And the church is me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say you. You know, it's kind of like the, the the couple that's sitting in church and the 
pastor's preaching on marriage and the husband's looking at the wife and the wife's looking at the husband like the other person's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and in reality, we're looking at other churches like other churches are the problem, but it's me. It's mm-hmm. me. And if we don't get to that point, it's me, God. It's me that's falling short of your glory, that's falling short of being who you call me to be. And I just got, you know, I mean, I'm a coach. Okay, so for 20 years I coached. And so when a, a kid was making a mistake, I called him. I mean, I called him out. I said, look, we, we can't win like this. We can't continue to do this. You know, we're going to lose. There's a scoreboard at the end of every game that tells us whether we were successful or not. You know, maybe we need to keep score. You know, I'm not, I'm not counting on keeping score. You know, we, we'll, we already know we won the game, okay, because we've, we've read the end of the book. Revelation teaches us we've already won the game, but we're still left to play the game. Mm-hmm. We're still left to run the race That's to, right. to win the prize. And the prize is the lost being saved, those in bondage being set free, the sick being healed, and the poor having the gospel preached to them. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what God's called us to. And so many people in the church have, have ignored, ignored the cries for help in the community, just ignored it. I don't know how. I don't know how with all that Christ taught us about love, but, but that's the key. The key is being obedient. The key is just doing what he asks, not being worthy of being used. Mm-hmm. But being used in spite of not being worthy, that's mm-hmm. what the grace of God is. Man, he uses those that step out to obey him. That's right. Would, would you share with our listeners, if someone wants to learn more about Anchor Church or some of the outreaches that you have, uh, tell them how to do that. And there may be some people listening who might be thinking they want, they made themselves or know somebody that needs the ministry that, that some of these that you've mentioned the issues that they address. So how can they get in touch with you or learn more about the outreaches? You can either go to Facebook for each one of these, uh, or you can go online. Each one of them have, you know, a, a web page, uh, okay. the garden, the ranch, the home. You can go to the Anchor Church in Verona, Mississippi, and um, you can look us up, and there you will have uh, uh, everything you need to know. You can call the church and find out how you can help. A lot of people want to get involved. If you go to each one of these pages, they'll kind of explain a lot to you. And, and, and of course, there's directors there that answer those emails and can get you involved in each one of those ministries in whatever shape, form, or fashion. If you have a need, have a daughter, you just their numbers are there. And you call the person, uh, whether it's Glenn, whether it's uh, Valerie, whether it's Cindy. Um, there's, those are the people that are on the other end. And they're, each one of those have been set free from a lot of these same addictions, and they're there to help others mm-hmm. uh, walk out their faith in Christ Jesus and, and grow in their faith and be able to res- resist the devil. Because when we learn to resist him, he flees. And is there a phone number you can share as well? Yes, there is. Uh, let me pull up the Anchor Church number. I'll, I'll pull it up. Matter of fact, we'll probably get it on the other side. Cause I, okay. You know, I, we'll, we'll do it on the other side of the break then. So, But I want to say to every single listener again, God has ministry for every believer, and then he has He calls us together to do ministry as well. He calls us together as church fellowships as well. So, Father, thank you for every believer listening right now. Help us to have ears to hear as you speak to us and instruct us insofar as how you'd have us to be instruments and vessels of compassion, mercy, and grace that you would have us to be in our communities, within our church families, and wherever you call us to. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Our in-studio guest today is Pastor David Ball, the pastor of Anchor Church in Verona, Mississippi. We'll be right back. 
Andrew Peterson with Is He Worthy? Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our in-studio guest is Pastor David Ball. He's the pastor of Anchor Church in Verona, Mississippi. And uh, Pastor David, as we begin this segment, I'm going to ask if you'll pray specifically for pastors, but for the church as a whole to understand the need for us to really listen, to really listen to God's Word, to not listen with it, with cotton in our ears, but to listen to what God says about, again, being his hands and feet. And I think of this before you pray. You know, the, the Good Samaritan is such a powerful, powerful parable that teaches us critical issues. But in that parable, we find that two-thirds of the church ignored the hurting people. Amen. And only one of them uh, obeyed the heart of God. Yeah. And Jesus said, go and do like that one-third. Would you pray for the church in that regard? God, I pray for an awakening of the church. We just come before you now. We recognize you, King of kings and Lord of lords. And and God, you can use us. You can use a donkey. You can use us. So God, right now, I ask for us to hear your voice. God, I pray that we will join in Jeremiah as he says, Oh, that I had a head where just I could cry before you and weep before you all day long for the lost children of Israel. God, I pray that there would be a broken heart grow in the heart of pastors across this nation for the lost children of God that are out there in the world that are hurting full of pain. God, I pray for an awakening to take place in the church. God, I pray you start in me. Open eyes to see as you see. Open ears to hear as you hear, to hear your voice, to be fixed on your voice, not the voice of man, 
not the voice of tradition, but your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So if someone wants to get in touch with Anchor Church or learn more about the Transformation Ranch or any of the other outreaches, tell them again how they can do that. The, the phone number is easy to easiest way to get in touch, and we can get you all that information, is the Anchor Church is 662-732-5055. That's 662-732-5055. Grace and Mercy Ministries, which includes, if you want to get specific about these different ministries, of course you can call uh, Casey in the office, or you can call Grace and Mercy Ministries and leave a message, and we'll get back with you. That is 662-732-5056. That's, uh, we can direct you to whatever you need from there. Mm-hmm. That's the best way. All right. And, you know, I think of this that I think as believers, as we're listening to what the uh, the Spirit of God is saying to every single listener, I'm of the opinion, and I'm, I'm sharing, I believe it's a correct opinion, that if a church doesn't have these kinds of ministries that reach people where they're hurting, they should work with and support a church that does. Because, again, as you mentioned, addiction is so prevalent in our society. So many people are dying because of drug abuse or drug addictions and that sort of thing, too. And it's critical that the church be in place to really help people, obviously to always share the gospel, but also the further extension of the hand of Jesus to bring healing and wholeness to people's lives is critical as well. Absolutely, and and I, I agree with you. The partnership of churches, you know, the especially the Transformation Garden, you know, a lot of people have taken the mistaken approach that, um, you know, chemical addiction and, and drug addiction um, is the result of a failure of an individual. So it's kind of like we've we've kind of brushed that aside. That's their fault and it's theirs. Um, that's the wrong approach to it. It's it's mm-hmm. but by the grace of God, there go I. You that's know, right. and so if we would if we take that approach, we'd, we'd do a better job of helping. The Transformation Garden has been a ministry that has I have seen partnerships in churches have have really really taken effect and it's been a beautiful ministry just for that we're being the tip of the spear Mm. but there's a whole spear that's needed and there's a lot of other churches including other churches that just have a hand on the spear helping force the spear Mm -hmm. into a lost and dying world and so without them we could not do it there's so many churches that are in our area that have partnered with us and minister with us and they've supported girls they sponsor girls um and you know they financially sponsor a girl during their stay there at the garden or at the ranch or at the home and that is is a beautiful beautiful thing the coupling of the church because we recognize that it, it is a disruption in a church, and and it's almost like a um, a reestablishment of the church when you tackle one of these ministries. Right. It takes a brave man of God to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're stuck in tradition, it takes a brave man of God that would step up and say, "This is what God's called us to do. We got to do it. We we can't ignore this cry anymore." Mm-hmm. But finding out what God needs done, you know, he 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 around us, the community has these needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, just start reaching out to others you don't have to invent a wheel there are wheels out there that are working all you got to do is just get in contact with them and and say help us get this started help us get this up we would love to do that man i i would love to spend you know years the next few years just spending time with other churches and other pastors helping them get these ministries up and going it, it, it's doable it is doable no matter how small the church no matter how big the church it's it's doable well, Pastor Ball, if someone is listening and they're thinking to themselves, I'd like to help support a work like that, I'd like to know how to better pray for this work, 
as an individual, or I'd like to see if my church can get involved with supporting or cooperating with the Anchor Church, or maybe even find a ministry in their immediate community that's doing something similar. If they get in touch with you, I guess you all can kind of guide and direct them yes. about that, right? Yes, we can. And and we have brother and sister ministries you know, all around the southeast that we couple with and that we've gleaned from, that we've learned. We went to 16 facilities before we started the Transformation Garden. Mm. Um, we researched. We, we did the legwork, and we took a team around to see what practices were working, what were not, what, were, what are the potholes, what are the pitfalls. And, and, and we, we've learned a lot from them and other, and we'd like to do the same thing as others for others as they're trying to move forward. One more time, if someone wants to get in touch with you or just learn more about the work of Anchor Church, Transformation Ranch, and the other outreaches. Just call the Anchor Church at 662-732-5055. Casey's our our secretary there, and she'll get you steered in the right direction. Get you in touch with me, and I'd love to sit down and talk with you. Okay. In just the last uh, few minutes, uh, we don't have many here, but... Uh, you t- you shared a powerful message about revival. And I'm going to ask you just whatever's on your heart to share in these last few minutes about why that's important for our culture today. Uh, I really honestly, you know, I'm probably one of the most preached sermons that I've heard, passages of Scripture, Second Chronicles 7, 14. Um, if my people, you know, that if my people message, I think is, is a message that needs to be heard. But I think a lot of times we skip over what was said and what was inferred. So when you you look at that context and you go to the start of that chapter in 2 Chronicles 7, when Solomon had finished praying, now there's there's a key, Solomon was praying, okay? And when he had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. So the fire of God, which has always been, you know, described as the revival, right? The fire of God. It consumed the offering and the sacrifices. What do we put on as an offering? It's not just monetarily speaking. What are we? What are the gifts we're giving to the Lord? What are the sacrifices that we're making? I think one of the reasons why God has used our ministry is I sacrificed a career of coaching to go into ministry, and so because of that, you see that fire of God. And then I, I took that and I was reading in Revelations, and I was like, that fire of God, revival. And I came across this passage in Revelations 8, starting in verse 1, and when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And I saw that seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets, and then another angel having a golden censer. And this golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much Incense. Now, when you look at the incense, that's the righteousness of Christ. That's the complete work at Calvary. That's the sufferings of Jesus Christ. And this incense was then placed in the fire, on the altar in the fire of God, and it along with the prayer of the saints. So it's the righteousness of God. It's not our righteousness. Okay, He that knew no sin became sin so that we might become his righteousness. So his righteousness coupled with the prayers of the saints in the nostrils of God, and then look at what happens. The angel, as he offered it up, the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. The angel took the censer. He filled it with the fire from the altar, and he threw it to the earth. Mm. That's the end times revival. Mm. 
It's, it's that, those embers, those red hot coals that are being scattered on the earth. But now all of a sudden you're looking and seeing in, in 2022 at the start of the year, God gave me this word and the word was a nameless, faceless move of God. He's tired of men taking credit for what he's doing. And so this nameless, faceless move of God and this nameless, faceless move of God, I believe, is what we're seeing on the university campuses. Mm -hmm. There's not a single person. There's not a single person that you can name that's been preaching in these revivals, Mm -hmm. speaking. There's not a worship team of notoriety. Mm -hmm. It's just kids with a guitar standing up and start worshiping. And the fire of God is igniting. And I'm thinking God is looking right now for fuel to burn. Mm. And the only vessel God won't fill is one's already full of himself. Mm. And so green wood is full of moisture that won't burn well. And so I think it's the dead wood, the dried wood, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. Mm. And I want to be that dry wood. Mm. I, I, I want to be that revival. I want to be revival. I want to draw, draw a circle around myself and say, God, do whatever you have to do inside this circle to do through me what you desire to do. I, I hate to cut in there because that's such a powerful message and I uh, was really blessed when I heard that. Uh, but our time is just about gone, though. But thank you so much for being well, with us today, you. Pastor David. As we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a great day to make that step. If you'd like for the Lord to touch your life, to save you, to transform you, to make you brand new, You can make that step today. I'd like to invite you to pray from your heart and invite him into your life even now. If you'd like to do that, would you just simply pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my entire life for you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to be in touch with you. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us so that we can get that information to you. We'd like to be in touch. Hope We hope to hear from you. Again, that email one more time, joseph at afr.net. Pastor David, share uh, again, again, if someone wants to get in touch with the Anchor Church, again, simply they just would uh, go ahead with that number there. That number is 662-732-5055, 662-732-5055. That's the Anchor Church of Verona, Mississippi. All right. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Joseph, for having me. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.